This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Welcome to Seattle Overload, where the Seahawks are above 500 for the first time since week one. They have beat the Los Angeles Chargers 37 to 23 on the road in their most dominant, most complete performance of the season. So naturally, we're really, really excited. Griff, how good was that? Yeah, um, it's amazing what a win can do for the chemicals in your brain, not just for the first 24 hour period, but the following six days. Uh, they're they're four and three now, um, top of the division. Every the whole season's wide open now. I mean, the, the, this if the like defense Super Bowl wide open. The division's wide open. I'd say like it's okay. uh, you could call them favorites at this point in time. Um, favorites. Yeah, slight favorites over the Niners. I'd say, which is a weird thing to say, mm. uh, just because that defense, even though they got rocked today, is still really good. Um, it, it's cool that the offense had a bounce back game and they weren't even, they weren't perfect. I don't even know if we call them great, but if this is what their good is, that's awesome. Um, they did, they did this without DK. Hopefully he's okay. We'll find out the defense is at worst now formidable. I mean, I don't know what they're going to be from here on out every week, but I think we know what they're capable of now. Um, there are a lot of cool things that happened in this game, you know, so a lot to talk about guys what's your general impressions really bummed about dk first of all that's kind of what's mostly on my mind right now uh but overall really really stoked about what this team did and 23 points i think is a little skewed we'll probably get into a lot of that later on in the show uh but this uh this defense was great i thought once again absolutely everything that it you needed it to be um, and you know, it wasn't a great day for Gino. Uh, some underthrows, some overthrows, stuff like that. Um, had some interior pressures, all that. We'll get into all of that, but I uh, think you still got to feel pretty good about what this offense did. 200 plus yards of uh, rushing. Ken Walker, obviously, leading the charge on that. He had a great day. Um, this team is, is in a really good spot right now. And 
you know, this is a this is a really good thing to happen as well. I think you know because the trade deadline happens before the next game. So, yeah, um, it, it being in first place in the NFC West and kind of understanding where your year is at at this point, that's a really good thing because if they think that they need you know to add a piece here, especially on the wide receiver front, if DK is going to be out for uh, an extended period of time, hopefully not, um, they can do that. They can do that and obviously they have the ammo to do that so yeah, mm. yeah. maddie what do you think well well i tweeted out the seahawks suffer injuries to key players make silly mistakes have weird officiating and still blow out a four and two charges team on the road because that's what happened that's what we watched right now there pretty damn cool so the key injuries uh or the injuries to key players Let's deal with that first. So we've already mentioned DK Metcalf. Carroll says in his post-game press conference, they've done an X-ray which showed nothing, but they need to do an MRI uh, and some more tests back in Seattle, which they obviously couldn't do. And if DK's landed funny and he, he thinks it feels weird, you know, he knows his own body. So that is majorly concerning. What is encouraging is obviously how Juno came in, looked really good with Marquise Goodwin and, and all that good stuff. Then they lost Phil Haynes to uh, concussion which was spotted by the individual concussion spotters, spotted by the spotters. And, it's, you know, good that they were doing their job because the Seahawks hadn't noticed that was a thing. I didn't notice when that happened either, but he clearly was looking a bit woozy and they, they just pulled him. So good yeah. work. And they also lost special teams captain Nick Bellore to a concussion. Uh, thankfully, Ichena Nuosu, he got um, injured, it looked like, but it was actually just a calf cramp. Mm -hmm. Carol confirmed that after the game. So, you know, the, that's the injuries to the key players. And ho hopefully, the, you know, hopefully Metcalf like bruised his knee in a weird way. <laughs> but that turf, people yeah. were going down on it. And I think it was actually the opposite corner of the end zone to Metcalf's injury that uh, JC Jackson uh, unfortunately suffered what looked like yeah. a terrible injury. Yeah, non contact but, turf. But clearly, man. that turf is just a joke. And, and Ryan Neal afterwards, he's saying about. We should probably play on grass, uh, which yeah. uh, I, I I mean it makes sense. Anyway, the positives. Uh, I actually thought Gino played a bit better. Uh, well, I definitely better than last week, uh, and I thought yeah. a lot. This to me was very clearly like when he was sacked, and he was sacked twice, was, right? Twice, right? When he was sacked, it wasn't. There was no question that it was the O-line. It wasn't him holding the football. Um, yeah. And then it seemed like he was reading the plays right. And there was a lot of, well, not a lot of, but there was a few near misses, you know, downfield where you're like, that's a great idea. It's just not quite come off. And then I thought he made some terrific throws. And, you know, it was nice that Seattle, when they when they got down in the red zone, they were they were two for four, 50%, rather than completely stalling like last week. And it, it probably could have been three for four if Fant rallied or um, if he was able to catch that one over route ball. Yeah. That was an incredible throw. That would have been the best throw of the game right there. I'm also interested to see on um, the last trip that they got into the red zone when, um, at least I think it was the last trip into the red zone where uh, on. Um, Remember when Gino threw it to the back of the end zone and Callahan almost picked it off? Yeah. Uh, almost got both feet in. The second yeah. play after that with uh, with Walker, uh, where Walker bounced it to the outside. I kind of wonder if there was some yardage that he um, left on the table there up the middle. 
Right. He's still he's still much, making the odd yeah. play like that, isn't he? Where it's like, um, that's probably not how it's yeah. supposed to look. And and this game was cool because there was a lot more shotgun running, which maybe that was Walker influence. Maybe that was Waldron kind of just staying tendency fresh. But I think that's we, what it was. But oh, it we, could be both actually. It, I, probably a bit of both, right? Like nothing's ever yeah. that simple. But um, yeah. really cool. But defensively, right? Because the the offense was good. But the defense, I think, was great. So way before, yeah. you know, before like the Chargers had done that last drive where, you know, ticky-tacky, like, was Nwosu offside? I don't think so. Was that a helmet-to-helmet hit on the defense? Not really. You know, fine. Have that. Have that touchdown. You, you didn't really earn it, but fine. They were like, there was a, they flashed a graphic up where the Chargers had like 222 yards. Um <laughs> In, in the game with, with Justin Herbert and, you know, Mike Williams was out there. Austin Eckler was out there. Keenan Allen tried to go. Obviously, he he, end, he ended up not being able to play through his hamstring. But, you know, this was a pretty fully stocked Chargers team of an offense still. And, yeah, they struggled against Denver. But for Seattle to do this is, is you know, Denver's no joke of a defense. And for Seattle to do this in t- difficult circumstances, right, like this, the second time we, I talked about silly mistakes, the second touchdown they allowed comes after a bizarre uh, D. Eskridge fumble where he's obviously so worried about trying to run the toss play that he forgets to secure the football uh, and actually, you know, catch it um, <laughs> and that sort of thing. Uh, the Chargers averaged 4.8 yards a play, which that includes the the end of the thing, which that would, that would I think, be on course for best defense in the league if you extrapolated that to the whole season like better than any any defense like, that's really really good numbers um obviously they picked off herbert once so griff i'm very excited to dig into the the defensive film oh oh and also i'd be remiss not to mention their the fourth down efficiency numbers as well where the chargers went for it three times and got one yeah um but like this game defensively showed so much that they didn't just play another good game right they 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 did so kind of still living in that same schematic world with the same main stuff the same change-ups which we'll talk about more on the um the uh the, the the tape recap podcast coming up on thursday but like we're seeing we're seeing the the stalwarts like you know your core jordan brooks and Diggs and stuff doing their thing making plays being who you want them to be um you've got the, the rookies Tariq Wool and kobe bryant keep making plays i mean again they're not perfect they're still growing but they're they're making plays playing the rules which is really important too especially in zone and then they're really hammering out when to use who in what situations between cody barton and ryan neal and josh jones and those three guys are giving them pretty much everything they could want them to be. Um, and then, like, also, because their skill set overlap, you know, strong safety and, and linebacker, right? That gives that gives Clint Hurt such... Um, um, that gives Clint Hurt such flexibility because, I mean, Cody Barton is matching seams all the way downfield. You know, he's getting under stuff in play action. He had a great game. And then Ryan Neal is doing the same thing. Um, and then, of course, also he can press up on a on a tight end. Um, and so you, you 
because you can, because there's some interchangeability there, like just enough, it means that Clint Hurt can be super flexible in what call uh, he trots out there, irrespective of what personnel package he has out there. So it's just, it's further giving him more flexibility. You're not giving the offense any tells based on, um, you know, what your personnel package is. And that lets him further kind of, you know, it, it, it's the whole being greater than the sum of your parts thing, right? But now on defense, like we talked about with Waldron and Gino, on offense, now on defense, it's you can let you can let the the how you sequence calls benefit the players, and the players doing well within that benefit the play calls and stuff. And it's like they they have a they have a big picture. And also it should be said, the defensive line is just coming alive. I mean, yeah, they're okay. just beating guys. They're just and that goes hand Darryl in hand Taylor. with. That Most. goes hand in hand with that, right? As well, you know, with, right, the, the, with the with the play calling, also the the coverage, right? And I find it interesting. I think the fact that Eckler goes uh, nine uh, rushes for thirty one yards, but more than that, um, twelve receptions for ninety six yards. So there isn't like a a crazy average, but they're checking it down to him. Um, but despite that. The Chargers only go five for fifteen on third down. Mm-hmm. To me, yeah. that that sort of illustrates the point in a statistical way, and that they're they're moving the weak point around well enough. Um, and then the rush is winning, and Griff, you're impressed by the rush. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm curious to see if it's more of like, even though the four man rush benefits more in four down, which the four man rush was good when they went four down in in obvious passing situations. But um, I also wonder if it's benefiting whoever the, the, the edge rusher is that is rushing when they're in bear spacing uh, because they're getting the protection calls that benefit or that lend themselves to getting one-on-ones. Um, and I'm also curious to see if they're manipulating getting um, uh, one guy one-on-one that the, the offensive line isn't expecting to rush, so kind of like dropping the, the strong side linebacker to the side of the nickel or dropping the, the linebacker that's on the same side as the nickel when they're not expecting it. And you kind of get the same thing as that, um, you know, the bonus fire zone spacing, even though it's not technically that call. Yep. Anyway, um, there's, I mean, there's a, lot, a lot of that going on. You get the identical spacing, yeah. yeah You're yeah. maybe not attacking the protection the exact same way. But, yeah, everything else yeah. is the same. Um also, but it's really important because think about it. How do you play Rip Liz to a two by two formation when you're in bear? Right. Whether it's whether it's stick or penny, whatever they call it now, because mm-hmm. how do you who's your second hook defender if you're playing sky rotation because you want to carry seams, but you also want to defend the run in bear. You have to drop that that hook defender. So that's why I think we see it mostly as a trips check for that for that reason. But if you're not activating your hook defenders anyway to get depth, right? Mm-hmm. It, you might as well drop that strong side linebacker who's just really playing the check down for the most part. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm really curious to see how this all mixed together because I feel like the players are playing well and Clint Hurt, Sean Desai, Carl Scott, they have completely figured out their formula and what they're going to work out of now. Um they did um they did sprinkle in a bit more even down on, on earlier downs, which I think was probably they were playing with a bit of a lead, but also sure Herbert dropped back fifty one times, completing thirty three passes. So <laughs> also, is Brian Mona just a pass rusher now? 
Like, what's, what's happened the last That's few random. I think it's in part because he's getting the bare front gives him one on ones. He's not like doing, he's not doing the job of the nose tackle in a four man rush where you just want to soak up a center and a guard, right? So other people, he's getting a one on one with the center and he's just. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bull, bull rushing the crap out of him. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. So that, that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah, he's just moving dudes. He's what just, do you yeah, think straight it's moving dudes? Uh, it was fantastic today. I mean, you mentioned it, the five for 15 on, on third downs. That's huge. And on top of that, the one for three on, on fourth downs. I mean, that that's the ball game right there. Um, did we mention uh, Mike Jackson yet? Did either one of you mention Mike Jackson? He had a great game today as well. Obviously, had the drop pick that would have been yeah. game over right there. Uh, right there, but uh, overall, he had some really nice reps, some really big reps today. Um, Ryan Neal, as Five Hundred Nine Adventures uh, mentioned uh, in the comments, was just all over the place today. He was fantastic. Like they they have uh, to 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 um, Griff's point. It just seems like they have a good mix now. They they've kind of found their groove and how they want to use personnel. And it's just really, really working for him. And yeah, the pass rush was uh, was just getting to Herbert all day. Obviously, it's going to be really difficult to get him down. And even you know, Pete talked about that earlier uh, earlier this week. But you know, overall, they um, they were they were able to get uh, consistent enough pressure on him. And you know, really, what the, you know, he completed what thirty three of his fifty one passes. But most of those, you know, the, and you can see it in the yardage and everything. It's just little dink and dunk shots they're limiting stuff they're they're getting to the ball too and the tackling is not as much of an issue now that's the big thing too right is like they're actually making tackles now they're not allowing extra yardage that shouldn't be there overall there was a couple of missed tackles today in open field situations but you know you can excuse that overall though they've gotten that handled and now that they're getting back to the basics just schematically it's just really working for them and, and the personnel that they're using right now is just matching up very well. And so you got to feel really confident about this. Obviously the chargers right now, you know, they're banged up including Herbert and they're kind of just in hell right now overall as a team. But, you know, I, I think this is something that can be sustained. And, and like you said earlier, Griff, if this is, you know, at, at, at worst, they're at least, you know, they're, they're serviceable as a defense right now, that's good enough to win ball games with the way that this offense is playing right now. So here's a juicy number. The mm. Seahawks time of possession was 33 minutes, 57 seconds. The Chargers' time of possession was only 26 minutes, three seconds. And so that speaks to the complimentary football that was taking place. And it's also nice because obviously Seattle has had some moments where they've been on the flip side of that in, in recent memory. Now, are we done with the defense? Because um, no, I want to talk about. Oh, we, no. we we should we should mention we should um circle back to what Ty said about Ty Jackson. So, or not Mike Jackson, rather um, Ty Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Um. <laughs> so neither Sidney Jones or Artie Burns were active this week, and that was after Sidney Jones was, and Artie Burns was the previous week. Um. 
and now they, they I think one or both of them showed up on the injury report again, but it's just commentary that like Mike Jackson has been holding them off even when they have been healthy and he's been getting better, you know? So, I mean, the, the, he might've just locked down left corner this week for good. They might just be saying you're the yeah. dude now, which is pretty cool. Undrafted free agent journeyman. He had a, you know, splash game last year, but no one really thought he was going to be in the mix. Right. But now he's, He's locked it down. I mean, it's like with DJ Reed, right? DJ Reed was a waiver wire pickup. I don't know if Mike Jackson's going to be at that level, but the dude's playing well. He's he's taking mm-hmm. care of the fade ball. He can contest now on he's trusting himself to not play too high against minus splits where he likes to give a lot of room, a lot of cushion, right? Like remember Chris Alabe um had some comeback or um curl routes on him. He can contest the out routes and the and the you know the comebacks and stuff. It's like all right, if that's what they're getting from him, I'll take it. You know, so pretty cool. Yeah. yeah well, um, this is what this is what Maddie and I were talking about on Wednesday, right? Was like, what is kind of the um, the reason for putting Sidney Jones on the on, on the trade block? Right? Is it did Mike Jackson actually lock this thing up? Do they just feel confident in the depth? I think it's the former. I think Mike Jackson has this thing locked up right now with the way that he's playing. This was his best game to me. Yeah, I agree. Well, the fact you haven't noticed him like from a broadcast until this game for a bit. And for this game, it's for positive reasons. Albeit a dropped yeah. interception. Like, right. you know, that's a pretty good indicator. And like, he was always he was always technically sound. Like, I, I quite liked him. It was just, uh, I mean, probably just acclimatizing to the, you know, what's going on out there against like the first string guys because he's never done that before. Um, yeah, and there's just so much to talk about the defense, and we will cover it in the film podcast as well, but they seem to get so many tipped footballs, their rush plan seems so good each week for, like, what type of quarterback they're playing, what type of offense they're playing, and they're all sort of working together, and how cool was it seeing Bruce Irvin draw a holding penalty with a bit of a floppy sort of dive at the end, but... Also, he was active and he yeah. was setting the edge and he was in on yeah. passing down, so they trust him in that sense as well. And he was giving Dow Taylor a breather. His, like that's just awesome. I, I I agree. I mean, yeah, agreed. And when when you said setting the edge, when they're in too high and they're in bear, I mean, he's effectively he can basically two gap. He can set the edge and work back inside. And he had like three tackles where he worked back inside into the C gap or D gap. And it's like, if, if your edge can do that, that lets your safety, you know, be even more pass first than he already is. So, and Nwosu can do that really well too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good stuff all around. Before we get into the offense, mm. what did the Chargers do to the Seahawks? Gino was talking shit to the sideline. Jason Myers yeah. was talking shit to the sideline. What yeah. was going on? What, what was that all about? We had Khalil Mack like trying to fight it. Kenneth uh, Kenneth Walker. Like what? Yeah. What was going on today? It's good stuff, is what it was. Uh-huh. It's yes, yeah, they're out there. They were competing. They just lost. They're competing. They're they're competing yeah. their freaking tails off. Um. Yeah. So offense wise, I guess the the big news is Kenneth Walker coming in for Rashad Penny, and what well, it's his second week as a starter now. Twenty three attempts for one hundred sixty eight yards. <laughs> 7.3 yards per carry, 74-yard long run for a touchdown and two touchdowns overall. Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. And he, Walker's getting it done, like, from the gun and 
and under center gap zone. And do you know this? The scary thing is, I actually think you know there's still plays where you're like, mm. right? You know, he hasn't read that quite right, or there's the the tempo and pacing of that's a bit off. Like you you should just hit the hole here. And, and but it's it's, like, it's still steadily improving though. But you still right. see it though. I, I agree. So a bit weird, Griff, that you reacted so you know strongly when they spent a second round pick on him. Yeah, um, I, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, pour it on me. And I just, I did just um, tweet out a stream of consciousness about my thoughts oh. about the pick. I said oh, specifically, in a vacuum, Kenneth Walker was a bad process pick. In context, it wasn't a bad process pick, but maybe not a good one either. In result, it was a good pick. Um, so you're covering your bases. <laughs> I am absolutely hedging. I can't be killed. Um, I mean, <laughs> like I, I'm of the mind that draft the, you know, if you want to draft a running back, take the best one available, like in the third round, unless you think it's right. someone who's like really good out of the backfield or something like receiving like McCaffrey or Kamara or something. Mm -hmm. So I think they're game breakers. Um, well, and in, interest, game breakers, right? So interestingly, uh penny had like the most explosive runs by like a mile in college and they took him in the first round which i mean right. i wasn't the, a fan of that right then kenneth walker was the same he didn't quite have quite as many as penny i think penny's like top 10 in college football history walker's like top 30 but like so, they're still they clearly look for if they're gonna do it they look for that dude and that which, kind of game breaking ability does not exist in the latter rounds yeah and right like, or wrongly that's just how it right and for me it's like i'm reevaluating. like if there are if they if they do hit explosives at a un, un, obscene rate then you maybe you should be taking a look earlier the other thing though is that the context of the pick they had they didn't have that many holes and people kept talking about them like they had all these holes and whatever holes they did have they filled that draft anyway and i think they were right they they bet that there wouldn't be important players taken between Walker and Lucas and they were right because Lucas was still available and there were still like three or four more starting quality prospects at right tackle. They got it right because anyway. because I, I, I think right. I was well, I mean we were saying about quarterback right which is a different conversation and with what they've got in Gino they were right on that okay now uh the other option was I was saying hey we'll do a what about Lucas here because they you know they, they're taking Mafe who was at the bottom of their perceived edge group um because they missed out on, or maybe they didn't miss out on, but we felt Eberketti was the better prospect, and some in the building did, but there was a bit of a uh, slight disagreement on that between him and Maffe. But yeah, it's, it's worked out. But th this game, right, the, that toss touchdown, I mean, that was like that was like peak Seahawks in the, you know, they were leading by 14, I think. And then, you know, it's just, it's just put the victory on ice. Like, that, that was a really... Uh, a, a special moment, Ty. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I mean, that's the way that you want to do it, right? Like, there was so many plays in this that it was just like, you know Pete's loving this. Like, the Kenneth Walker run where he was stopped, I don't know, three, four yards short of the uh, of the sticks, and then Lucas kind of helped push him uh, with uh, Kenneth Murray on his back, all that stuff. I mean, that's just... That's Pete Carroll ball right there. Like, And being yeah. able to finish this game the way that they did... DJ Dallas getting that first yeah. down, all that like that's just that, that's everything that you wanted to carry Dallas. Five Dallas was carry. great. He looked he yeah. looked he looked good today. He looked fast. He looked quick. He's, like he's, he's been looking which is good weird this for him. season, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he looked quicker in preseason, quicker than we've seen him. 
um like yeah it's the hole like he hits the hole pretty hard actually right so, yeah like, i agree yeah so the other man who stepped up today in a big way after metcalf's injury was marquis goodwin uh he had five mm. targets four receptions 67 yards 16.8 average uh, a long of 23 and two receiving touchdowns and this is great because in the on the tape the last few weeks i think i said it in our last tape podcast griff and i um i think i said he's getting open downfield and it would be nice to see him get used a bit more because he's getting open and lo and behold mm. it did take metcalf going out although the first one metcalf was still in the game yeah, yeah. but uh he, he got some targets and i mean that first touchdown was beautiful like gino's Reddit was quarter quarter half and Goodwin was to the cover four side, whereas the outermost receiver to cover four, even though it's trips, you're basically one on one with that cornerback. Right. Um it's basically basically like zero. Um <laughs> and it makes a hell of a throw on like a like an old school fade where he runs down and then bends it to the right. the outside. Uh unbelievable touch timing. They clearly and... have a chemistry, right? Because then on the yeah. next one, the high point where unfortunately Jason Jackson gets injured. There's a chemistry going on there as well. Just great stuff, Griff. Yeah, is I mean, we we talked about how at the end of the you know in the little preview portion for the last episode we talked about how that's where the opportunities are going to come, right? Back backsided trips against their yeah. coverages, but I I thought it'd be the DK and it ended up being the Marquis Goodwin. I'm also cooling my jets a little bit on them and wanting them to make a trade for a receiver. Um, just because more or cooks might be available, but I mean, Goodwin looked good though. I mean, he's he actually when he's been used, he's been looking good, not just vertically, but like breaking horizontally and stuff. And maybe they should be using him even more, right? Because it's um, the problem is they're trying to all that. Yeah, yeah. Then the problem is they're trying to balance it with like Eskridge, who's like you know a slightly similar type, right? And it's like right. we don't want to hurt Eskridge's development, but also the thirty-two-year-old, what something-year vet. In, in Goodwin does bring a bit more to the table. Right. And I'm still um, out on Eskridge, even with the, the weird, the weirdness of this game for him, because none of that had anything to do with his actual development as a receiver. Right. They're still not good plays though. No, um, no. At a certain point you have to sort of make a play, right? Anyway, yeah. that's, that, let's not, yeah. uh, let's not, let's not get negative. So I actually thought Tyler Lockett had one of the best games I've seen him have. And yet he only had right. a stat line of, seven receptions for 45 yards because his hands today were like on a different level as it almost like dk going out or whatever he was like do you know what i need to step up here and and like there were some clutch catches there was that the third down uh, the third down on on like the was that like the uh the what do you call it the choice route where i think it was choice where he like runs uh like out and then in on like an angle almost passing and uh Really great catch. The dig catch. I think it was a dig. Yeah, it was. It was dagger. Yeah, Gino rifles it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's going to be a pit. And and then yeah. the camera like flashes across. And look, it's like in the fetal position with the football clutch there. Like, yeah. wow, that is a big boy <laughs> throw. That's why. Okay, that's why I'm going on and on about guys like more cooks, though, because that Gino wants to throw that. And. Like you want you want redundancy with Lockett in this offense. You don't want redundancy with Dude. DK because you're already Brandon accommodating Cooks would DK. be so good in this offense. <laughs> yeah, it'd be it'd be terrifying. And, and also, you know, guys, come on. But also good because Cooks can go vertical more. It's just he didn't when he was with LA because of Goff. 
he went vertical with uh, the previous quarterback for the Houston Texans. That doesn't need to be mentioned. Um, but it just shows that the guy can move downfield. So you you get the full route tree with Cooks. Anyway, I'm not getting it. We've got Goodwin. We're, we're good. Um, we already have a Cook, and his name is Gino. That's right. Uh, so it was really cool, like the subjective narrative stuff, right? You know, like they've had second half troubles, not in every game. They've had some good second halves this year. But this was another one where they they really like they stayed alive in the second half of this game. And especially it was good to see them rebound, like the resolve they have after the second quarter lulls uh, to kind of bounce back in the third and fourth quarter. Um, I mean, and that goes for the defense too. But like this team just didn't quit. They just didn't die, which is cool to see. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and, and and it could have been better, right? Like this wasn't a perfect yeah. game from them. Mm-hmm. It was just a fact where they, you know, counteracted a few of the past problems, like you said, Griff, and uh, you know, they played a bit more complete and complimentary, but they still made some really like poor mistakes and they got bad luck on the I mean Gino's pick, bad luck, probably should have been defense pass interference. Uh and a tip is is, you know, that's the real fluky like turnovers are fluky yeah. and random and sporadic, but a tip is especially like that. Uh I guess his late throw that one's on him, yeah. To Asante Samuel. Yeah. But great then great play by Samuel though. It was a great play. I think he's sort of established that as a tendency in like if if you were like a DB coach, you'd be like, Hey, when it's like third and long and we're showing a pressure look or it's just third and long, Gino's gonna go for the sideline, uh, you know, comeback hitch or out route. Like that's his favorite thing. He's right. So I think and he, he lo- probably he needs to mix it up him. a bit and he got away with that one. But or you just trade for that. Calvin Ridley and who runs those routes mm. at will and you can throw it like three seconds before he even gets out of his break and he catches it every time. Just... Griff, we'll talk about that in February. We'll talk about that in February. Okay. okay. Chill, 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 okay. chill. That time yeah, will Calvin go, can't play this year, Griff. You're, 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 I still don't know. Can contracts be moved if it's like voided or whatever or suspended? I have no idea what the rule is. Can you trade for a Wait, does he does, does does he get an extra like does he get to play his his final year out next year? Ty, we said we or is he a free agent? Okay, what are we? Okay, yeah, 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 you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Don't indulge. Don't I, indulge. yeah, I'm not indul- I'm, I'm, I mess. All right, rookie mistake, rookie mistake. Okay, <laughs> so I'm so glad that they were able to finish in this game as an offense to go for the kill shot and actually get it, you know, with the big, uh, with the big Walker run. You know, I tweeted yeah. like they needed an FU drive to end this game because you don't want to give someone like Justin Herbert in that offense, no matter how banged up it is, no matter how banged up Herbert is, any sort of chance to get back into this game. Don't yeah. do it. Just step yeah. on their throats. Because also, you know, you don't know, and like, I like we're being positive here on the show about the defense and everything that they've done in the last couple of weeks, but you never know when things might go south. Again, who knows? For sure. Right? This looks sustainable, but you never know. So, don't give them an opportunity. Don't let that idea even sneak into the back of your head. So that was great to see them just finish this thing off. It's put uh, it out, of, put it out of reach with a like whatever seven minutes left or whatever it was in this game. That was high. It's it's uh, it's as with respect to what you're talking about. It kind of reminds you of the Seattle Mariners, doesn't it? That that uh, <sighs> that resolve, that never say die 
No, that's, I mean that I'm not true. trolling. That's, I'm saying Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like that's true. Don't. It's just just hearing the name. Sorry, it's just hearing the name. Hopefully the Seahawks yeah, last longer in the playoffs though, it's, right? Hey, the Seahawks okay, that would be a that would be a moral victory. Just like this whole season was a moral victory for the Mariners, though. That that's thank you. Thank you, Griff. My heart anyway. my heart is still in pain. But yes, yeah. no, I, I I think yeah, yeah, you, you do see a little bit of that, right? You see that resiliency, you see that respondence to uh to adversity, if you will, right? This yeah. uh yeah, imagine the, the Yeah. No, I'm like ima- imagine it, sorry, but imagine the defense on the same note with how badly they started. Yeah. And and where they are now, like mentality wise, they probably feel like they probably feel invincible at the moment, but the right kind of invincible, not like a conceited invincible, like anything is possible invincible. Uh, um, you'd rather have it this way. I mean, you wouldn't because they'd lost. No, games. you wanted to start but, off better. But. but 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 I think in the long run, that toil, the hardship, it's a good thing. There, there seemed to be a real unit of accountability where the defensive players are growing into it and, Pete Carroll had a great sideline game. Like there was him when they went 17, nothing up. He was like, uh, he's like, woo. <laughs> and uh, I need what? to, I need to get a gift of that. It was, it was incredible. And we uh, need to get a gif of you doing that. Well, <laughs> we need to get, yeah, guys, yeah, guys, we we're, we're, uh, on, we're on the YouTube, uh, as Pete would say. Um, <laughs> Pete, but I, it's so good seeing Pete happy. But also, you know, then they go 17 nothing up, and then the Chargers come roaring back, and you're sort of thinking, oh, is it going to go into one-score territory again throughout the game? And they just keep putting up the points, keep stopping the Chargers. It's like, oh, my yeah. gosh, it's actually complete football. Like, both sides yeah. are, are playing yeah. their thing, and they're, they're going to go finish his game and do well. And then Pete Griff, I, I want to hear your take. He, like, uh, gestures oh, right. down his chest at Gino. Now, I would say... Uh, that was to tell Gina to stay composed because yeah, he no, was he literally was. like flipping off the Chargers side. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. As he marched down the field on a 10 minute drive. Yeah. On a 10 was, minute was, drive. Gina and then, was, you know, Gina was very much doing goal. this. But that yeah. was that was baller, that drive. Yeah. That was yeah. absolute baller. Uh, like, it wasn't his fault he took a sack. Like, uh, unfortunately, Kerhan got beat one on one by a spin move from third and four yeah. at, at, inside the 20 at least. But, um, By the way, this isn't the first time we've seen Gino talking shit to another sideline. No, he loves like, it. I mean, on the I, it has been like, pointed out that he he did used to play for the Chargers, and so did Jason Myers. So that was probably the spicy element. Interesting, interesting. But like, really? I mean, like, but but none of those like hardly no any one. of the people on that sideline like, was like right. Tedesco there, just like hanging at the back. Did he see the GM on the sideline? I mean, yeah, but no, you're right. They refused to U-turn. They stayed the course. They refused to emotionally U-turn. They stayed on message and uh it was it was awesome that they put I together need, i need a i need a gif of maddie's face just now when you said you turned <laughs> yeah someone someone please clip that it brings back clip that, that chat memory. clip that please clip that Ch- chat um, clip that um chat, let's get some ones in the chat <laughs> that's a great clip <laughs> um but uh yeah so that was awesome by the way on the, the let's let's segue or let's use Curhan as a jumping off point to talk about how the tackle play generally was this game mm. thought lucas and cross were awesome like i don't know why cross loses loses on a power move to 
Bajay Sanders last week when the previous week he was staking pretty well against Marcus Davenport, and now he's playing Khalil Mack, and he's, like, not giving Mack anything. So that's just hilarious. I guess that's rookies for you, like variants, right? So much is yeah. so much is reading the bull rush, and he was ready for it. Um, Dude, the, the, he had a really, was really, solid. really... He had a really nice rep against Khalil on... Um, I think it was the first or second drive of the game where Gino overthrew DK on the sideline and DK had the OPI called on him. Yeah. He had a really nice re- cross it against uh, Khalil Mack. It was awesome. And Mack was upset because I think really he was losing most of <laughs> most of his reps. I yeah. have to watch the tape back to that's, confirm. That's a good but, point. Uh, but yeah, and also, you know, Cross didn't panic when he got speed rushed from Van Noy. He just put his consistent depth and Gino worked around it again. You know they're they're working a relationship out between the two that the chemistry is still building uh, further and further, which is great. Uh, we also uh, we we saw uh, John Schneider. He was he was at uh, he was at the stadium. Look looked mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Well. Uh, he he looked like he was enjoying the football game. Good color uh, in his as, face. Yeah, as as we all were, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, equally enjoying the football game. Uh, oh yeah, you were like, especially enjoying it, Ty. Yeah, yeah, no, I was I was having a good time watching this football game. It was a good game, um, a lot of stuff happening. You know, I'm I'm, you know, I, while we're very much defense centric here on this show, I, I am kind of an offensive guy a little bit. Just you a are very bit. I like offensive. Points. Yeah, uh, no, that's that's a whole another discussion. I mean, you're one to talk though, you obnoxious, toxic piece of shit. Um, but yeah, this was um uh schneider looked like he was having a great time uh you know i was having a really great time though when i saw that throw that geno smith made to uh to Noah fant there in the uh, red zone that fant unfortunately did not catch but that was another uh insane throw by geno uh, yeah that's that... what i was saying at the start like it was actually close to being you know like four or five touchdown kind of deal here and i don't really mm. think it was geno's fault that you know it wasn't his missed opportunities it just didn't quite come together which you know that happens you still put up 37 points yeah good stuff um what else do we need to talk about Um, i'm surprised we stopped ourselves from talking about the the neil interception but anyway go ahead well that was so that was so simple wasn't it like yeah yeah I, I didn't understand what that was. Like, Jordan, Jordan Brooks hook drop. Jordan Brooks hook drop. So I think I think they were because they were playing cover two, and I think Herbert had the assumption they were playing half quarter quarter. So they were assuming that Neil, as the dime back and the underneath, was a flat defender, and he just assumed he wouldn't be in the picture at all. So I think he didn't see Neil at all, and then he thought he so could he just. He was the backside curl. I think so. But then I thought, oh, and it was it was trips away, wasn't it? And they just yeah. made cover. So I, I think he thought he was just out of the picture completely. And then he thought, well, I can beat Brooks on. I can put this in front of him. But Brooks just his zone drop was just too good. He was just underneath it. So if Neil didn't pick it, Brooks would, or at least bat it down. Um, and and Herbert Herbert makes those throws all the time where it looks like it's not open, but he fits it over or just past the linebacker, right? Um, so, I mean, a great play by both of them. If anything, Brooks forced the ball to be put ahead further than Herbert would have wanted to. 
and Neil read it like a drum too and got underneath it to make the play. So that's just collective zone defense. Being read awesome. it like a drum. Played it like a drum, read it like a book. Let me U-turn on that one because Played it like a I, book. I'd like to take it back. Um, anyway, Seahawks are good now. Question yeah, mark. Four and three. Exclamation no, mark. The, the, no, the Seahawks are good now, period. Exclamation point. The Seahawks are good now. Exclamation mark. The, the first... For the first place Seattle Seahawks, folks, because the Rams don't play this week. So they they stay at three and three. 49ers lost. Cardinals won, but the Seahawks, of course, have the uh, tiebreaker on them. And also they're just a game up on them. Uh, but more and importantly, the, Rams, the Seahawks the right now. Ho- the Rams host the 49ers next week. Mm. More importantly, though, if the... Um, if the season were to end today, and of course it's not, not for another eh, few weeks, the Seahawks would have the uh, sixth overall pick in the draft. And not if you look at their the, own pick, look at the teams ahead of them, you could argue that four of the five in front of them would take a quarterback or mm. need a quarterback. Imagine needing a quarterback. That is that is yeah. weird. Things are getting really interesting. So if Denver will, keeps will Denver will take Anderson. a quarterback at six? They don't have, they don't get to pick at six. Oh, mm. you're right. Damn it. Silly me. They do need a quarterback, though. Um, so the Seahawks play the Giants next week, and that's a big one because five and one New York. No, six and one New York. This six and one. Six, six Which and one. Still seems hard to believe, but Dable is doing a hell of a job coaching them up. And yeah. that's a kind of different offense, which we will preview, but there's a lot of um, interesting formations, kind of a mobile threat intelligent stuff so so until that are point, we real quick are we in mm-hmm. let's fly mode already or do the seahawks yeah. have to beat the giants for us to be like let's fly what do we feel um about? well the giants if, need to start losing right if if they be if they beat the giants and hold them below their average like offensive average like firmly below it i don't have to dominate them because they're scoring a lot of points right now then I think you start talking about the Seahawks having within them to make a deep playoff push if they beat the Giants. Like if they beat the Giants, they could be in a, they should be an eleven and six team, assuming they're good enough to beat the Giants. And if you're an eleven six team, you can do damage in the playoffs. But I don't know, one game at a time, right? Didn't I predict this game is thirty one seven? You did actually. Oh, uh, that was so close! Like it you were because uh, to take away the safety and take away the points off turnovers, and who knows where this game goes? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I don't. I don't, th- I don't think. I don't think they're scoring more than 14, 16 points without the turnovers. So close, but and yet that's so not far. how life works. Well, football is full of if buts and maybes, and that's if, that. If if, if and it's buts a game were, of inches, Maddie. It's a game of if it's if and buts yards, were. But... If if and butts were candied nuts, we'd all be snacking like kings. But they're not. So Oh, I like that one. That's that's very good. We don't we don't have that in the UK. That's how the saying goes over here. Oh right. That's really interesting. Do do you have candied nuts in the UK, Maddie? That sounds like a UK thing. Uh yeah, but I feel like we call it something else. Um Hmm. hmm. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Well, on that note, 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate it. If you're on the YouTube, please do like the video. We can see you. We appreciate you all tuning in, as I've already said. And subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. If you're listening, download the podcast. Please give us a five-star review. We will be back Wednesday or Thursday, depending on when you listen and tune in, with the Thai, Matty, maybe Griffin, Newsy, press conferencey, Seahawks won again, and uh, Denver Broncos update podcast and then thursday or friday we'll be back with the tape podcast where we'll delve into what actually helped the seahawks win this game other than the kind of live reaction ramblings that we've had here as we enter 3 20 a.m uk time and i start to regret having a coffee but thank you everyone and uh we appreciate you goodbye and yeah mvg now let's fly MVG no. Go Hawks. We want it first.